Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean, dire because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. And the hits just on coming. Holy crap. The news is just dropping left and right here as we kick off uh, the recap of week 12 we've got all of two all the two games left here which i'm sure the other one will eventually get played probably next thursday but it'll still count toward week 12's uh, stats and everything it's just it's getting a little bit ridiculous out here guys it's getting a little bit ridiculous out here so a lot of interesting games we got people's players getting suspended players getting cut it's just wow this has been an interesting year matt how are you doing today Good, you know, just uh, trying to understand the fair and equitable uh, disbursement of the NFL's COVID protocols where some teams get a week or so to get their shit together and other ones just basically get kicked in the balls. Yeah, I mean, I I was posting that on Twitter. Look, I'm not a fan of either organization, but I really feel like Pittsburgh is getting screwed here. And, and it, a lot of that stuff was brought up over the weekend about how the NFL would move games if it was due to something like health-wise that happened, if you were not being flippant with the rules or, or you're paying attention to the health and safety protocols. As we talked about Friday, Baltimore did not do that. They had a staffer who had symptoms, showed up to the complex, was walking around into various other rooms of, of, of position rooms doing during meetings with no mask on and everything, and yet they're getting all of the uh, – 
I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't even know what to think. I really don't. I mean, I, I'm maybe, I feel like I'm biased in saying this because I am a Browns fan and I really don't like the Ratbirds, but I feel like they need to have some kind of repercussion for this. Like it just keeps going to, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just postpone your game another day. Don't worry about it. You guys just be okay. You get your practice time in because that matters. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's well, right. they did cancel their practice. They wouldn't let them practice today, but. Well, the rumor, I don't know if you saw this, I know you were driving when I was sending you those messages, but uh, the rumor has it now is that uh, a bunch of players decided that they were going to have a, a wildcat holdout in, if, they had to be, if they had to play Tuesday without any practice time. They decided that it wasn't fair to them to not be able to practice at all and then play the game. And my point in being, well, if you guys would have, handled your business the way you were supposed to everybody wear masks social distance i get what you're saying on the practice thing but you guys caused this and we've seen other teams not really get to practice or anything almost do entire virtual stuff the entire week leading up into a game and still have to go out there and do it so why is it okay for baltimore to not be have to do that that's my issue with it but well and if they wanted to protest and i say the steelers show up to the field and take their forfeit win and they get their game check because they showed up because oh, I think I'm that, that finding out about the game checks is the only reason I can now understand why they're so hesitant to forfeit any yeah. of these games. I didn't realize I get the team that forfeits maybe losing a game check, but the team that did nothing and yeah, was oh yeah, ready, I agree on that. Like that's not fair to that's a that. little bit of a rip off. And I I feel like I'm like questioning my brown fandom here and agreeing so much with pittsburgh here but yeah I, i'm with you like i wouldn't want to forfeit either if i was losing my game check you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars for some of these guys who are not going to get paid because of something some other person did on another team so i'm with you on that part i just i don't in a way i do get the practice thing but i saw i saw the whole thing today was well they push it to wednesday to allow the ravens to get in a walkthrough they're not even getting a practice which i understand walkthroughs are still somewhat important but they're going to get their facility opens tonight. They're going to get a walkthrough in tomorrow, and then they will play Wednesday. I just, I don't know. Anyways, let's talk about games that actually did happen because that matters, and eventually this game will get played. Um, obviously, hope it is Wednesday, and we can kind of put that behind us and move on to week 13 here. But uh, the Falcons destroyed the Raiders like we all expected them to here, 43-2-6. Derek Carr, to those of you that were asking about Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I told you, play Derek Carr. He's got the better matchup. I am sorry. I am very, very a, sorry. Uh, it was a big week of following what you should do and having it come back to bite you in the most painful possible way. Yeah, it was whew, uh, not, not that good. Uh, so he gets uh, point six points in this one. Yeah, Good for him. That's not even Scott Fishbowl scoring either, people. That's just regular <sighs> fantasy football. Yeah, scoring. Scott Fishbowl, I believe, was actually negative. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was negative. Uh, Josh Jacobs, five points. Hunter Renfro, 14. Nelson Aguilar, 10. And... Darren Waller, six. Are the Raiders fading again? You brought this up yeah. on Friday last year. Uh, they were primed for that playoff run, and they faded off in the second half. Is that what we're seeing here? There's two young teams that both had important road games that they were favored and should have won that are hanging in that playoff competition that, that imploded. The Cardinals didn't implode quite the same way the Raiders did. Yeah. But, I, you know, we looked at those teams. You've got to be able to win – in the games you're supposed to win on the road. And the Falcons have not been a great team. The Raiders have had some quality wins. 
I know they suffered heartbreak against Kansas City, but that was the thing last year. They were six and yeah. four in great position to make the playoffs, and they ended up a seven and nineteen. You see them go to Atlanta and get completely rolled. And a hey, shout out. Uh, you get them completely rolled. That has to be the first thing that comes to your mind. And I would think that that's got to be on their mind, which is another yeah. thing that's going to, you know, that gives you just another thing you have to overcome. Yeah. I mean, it's not looking good. I mean, th- this is a team you should have beat. We'll, we'll get to obviously my team, and I, I, I have some complaints about that game, but. You have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat on paper. You have the better team. Look, Atlanta has been playing better since Morris has taken over as head coach. Their defense has actually been much better against the run than I think a lot of people realize, but they can be beaten in the past, and the Raiders just looked inept yesterday against a team that mm-hmm. I feel like we could gather a group of our fantasy league buddies. And I'm just kidding. We would not be. We would be destroyed. No, but I think uh, the, De- the Denver game kind of proved that, oh, no, that one, is true. no one that, that fancies themselves is walking them out the playing. I'm, just, I'm still trying to deal with the scratches on my cornea from watching that game. That was that was not fun. I it's can't set, imagine. Set back the confidence. The concept of offensive yeah. football, at least a hundred years. Yeah. Welcome was, to NFL was, year one. That was Again. not pretty. Uh, on Atlanta side, Matt Ryan thirteen, Calvin Ridley seventeen, and Hayden Hurst eight. The Atlanta offense didn't do much here either. Is but the defense is improving. Yeah, I think they are. Um, you know, they looked pretty decent against um, Denver too, and obviously, I know Denver's prone to turn it over too. But we've seen them kind of picking it up, with the exception of that Atlanta game or with that New Orleans game, where they seem to just kind of get played off the field. Since they made their coaching change, they've looked like a sharper, more committed team on both sides of the ball. Yeah, they they've definitely been better. I don't know if it's enough to have Morris keep the job, but like as I just mentioned a minute ago, there they've actually been one of the better teams against the run since the move happened, which is surprising because Dan Quinn was a defensive-minded head coach, and yet their defense seems to be playing now better once they got rid of him. I did mean to bring this up before we got into the games, so Dennis reminded me here. So if you guys didn't catch the news, Will Fuller has now been suspended six games for PED. Uh, As Dennis uh, jokes there, we now know why he stayed healthy all season. So that's pretty much it for fantasy football this year. You will not get Will Fuller back uh, the rest of the year. So... Uh, He's having such a good year. Yeah, well, and what makes it even inter- more interesting, so what, we're going into week 13, so he actually won't play at all then, actually, the rest of this year because there's um, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. No, uh, yeah well, we fair enough. Then. I, thought, I thought you were meeting it. It's like, that's why he stayed healthy. But uh, So he'll actually become a free – he'll go into his free agency suspended. Like, I, I think – because that so if I'm pretty sure it's suspended they six, have six games, it doesn't matter in a year. No. So he'll he will, when he comes back next year, whatever team he signs with, whether it's Houston or whomever, he won't miss a game then. But yeah, he's he's done for the year because they're not making the playoffs. So he's that's I mean again, I guess for him, he's had a really good year before this moment. So maybe that helps him some in his free agency, but not getting out be able to play out the rest of the year, I think might hurt him. But some. I feel like it's fitting talking about this news and this game. My cat just came downstairs and took a giant hairy one in the box. Oh, there you go. Now that's that's what I got going on down here. I'm like, 
Oh, we must be talking about the Raiders. Yep. All right. So next up, uh, interesting game in the Bills and Chargers. The Bills win this one 27-17. Justin Herbert, 16 points. The return of Austin Eckler, 23 points. Keenan Allen, 16. And Hunter Henry, 13. Is Austin Eckler already back to being a set-it-and-forget-it RB1? Yeah, because, I, I mean, I thought they had talked about maybe easing him back yeah. into it. 14 carries. It's about normal. He got 14 targets, caught 11 for 85. I mean, I think all he needed was an actual quarterback back there. And he looked good, and their offense looked yeah. better with him. Interesting enough, the the one that kind of threw me off is all of a sudden we saw Joshua Kelly bounce right back into being part of the rotation and and getting, uh, you know, important rushing carries, getting a rushing touchdown. So. Maybe he only plays well when uh, when Eckler's back too, but that's going to be, I think, a real. You know, we've had a lot of sad news as we're going down the stretch. That might be a piece of good news, and if Christian McCaffrey can come back in Week 14, some of these guys that you've been holding on to, just like praying you're going to get it yeah. together, that might help a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it definitely helped him that Balaj got ruled out late uh, in the week as well, so they kind of were forced to use Eckler that much, but. I mean, 11 catches already back in his first game. And it, I think part of it, too, may go back to kind of what we talked about with Chubb a couple weeks ago when Chubb came back. And even Christian McCaffrey, as you just mentioned, it seems like because of the year, these teams have been allowing these guys to stay out longer until they're fully healthy. So maybe we should have expected him to be good to go. I mean, going into the games Friday, we were pretty much under the impression that he wasn't going to play, though. They're like, well, like even Anthony Lynn was kind of like being nonchalant about him playing. And then, of course, Balazs gets ruled out and then it was just fire up Austin Eckler. So if you were able well, to hold on to him when they first pulled him off IR, they said he's going to be on a snap count. He didn't look like it was on a freaking snap count yesterday. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. So it's one of those things where if you were able to hold on to him, good for you, because he's he's going to end up being able to really help you if you were even able to make the playoffs it's one of those things where cmc kind of as well if you drafted cmc you really had better hoped you got like uh, james robinson late or off the waiver wire to kind of help save you throughout the rest of the year uh on buffalo's side here josh allen 15 points devin singletary 11 gabriel davis 16 stefan Diggs 10 and cole beasley 9 singletary ran strong in this one and moss did have a decent day as well are the bills getting the run game going I hope so. I, you know, it seemed kind of weird that they went from being predominantly a kind of rushing conservative team to having no running game at all. I'm not sure I, I'm willing to trust it exactly yet, but it was encouraging to see, I think it was 82 yards rushing and a few passes for Singletary. Moss had 59 yards, but still only 20 carries between the two of them. I think it was 11 for 82 for Singletary, 9 for 59 for Moss. That's not a ton of volume, so you really got to watch and see how that goes. And the Chargers' defense has been pretty uh, giving in both yeah. rushing and passing to almost everyone they've played, so it might have been the matchup. And, I mean, Singletary has a better day if he doesn't fumble the ball either. As For me, as long as long uh, as long as Josh Allen keeps running the ball down on that goal line, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I, love, I love those rushing touchdowns. That really is what saved him yesterday from having a uh, – Actually, in all honesty, a pretty bad game at quarterback. Uh, next up, the Giants beat the Bengals 19-17. to Daniel Jones, 10 points in this one. Wayne Gallman, 18. Evan Ingram, 16. 
Uh, is the Giants run in the East done if Daniel Jones misses significant time? It looks like that is what's yeah. going to happen. Everything what we're hearing from the Giants are reporting that. They expect him to miss some time, so looks like the Colt McCoy show there in New York. Yeah, and they don't have a very easy schedule, which we talked about in a previous episode. I, their offense took a notable drop. They kind of held on to win, fortunately, because they were able to just destroy – uh, the Bengals line uh, and really crush Brandon Allen and Geo back there. I think uh, the Giants, it's a nice story. I hope they enjoy being in first place this week. They earn that. Um, I do not think that they're able to keep that going. Would you play Rager over Claypool with the Steelers game postponed until Wednesday? Um, I would not. Uh, no. I still... The, the game is going to be played. They will not push it any more than that from everything that's coming out. So I, I still think Claypool ends up having the better day. You know, Rager is Also, if we end up seeing Jalen Hurts, how do we Yeah, that's Rager? the bad thing. I, I We hadn't talked about it on the podcast yet, but the breaking news that just came out right before we came out and started recording was that the owner, Jeffrey Loria, is pushing for Jalen Hurts to go into the game if Carson Wentz struggles. I'm not sure that that helps Rager anymore, so I'm sticking with Claypool. They, I know it's it's frustrating. It's hard to probably believe that this game is going to get played because it keeps getting pushed back more and more, but I don't think it gets pushed back any more than Wednesday. It will be played on Wednesday. Uh, that was more of us, as me and Matt were talking a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, it had a lot to do with the way the Baltimore Ravens players <laughs> – felt that they were getting kind of screwed over and not being able to practice or anything. So they pushed the game to Wednesday to allow them to have a their facility to open up tonight, have a walkthrough tomorrow so that they can play the game Wednesday. So it will get played. I'm sticking with Claypool there um, because if I'm being honest, I don't think Baltimore stands much of a chance uh, with all their players out. I think it's – and with it getting pushed out on Wednesday, I think the Steelers are going to be even more pissed off, and I think they are really going to try and ram it down the Ravens' throats. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so Daniel Jones, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't know. It sucks, too, because we saw Evan Ingram is really starting to have – he's been having a pretty good season, had a couple good, really good games, a couple mediocre games. They seem to find something with Gallman, too. But Yeah, like – well, I would think they're still going to lean on Gallman, but I don't know how much that helps. With, they seem to struggle more when Jones yeah. came out running the ball. When, once Jones got hurt, it was not quite yeah. – it did not look the same. Well, because you start dropping eight-man boxes. Yeah. If I saw Colt McCoy, I would – Drop an eight-man yeah. box, too. And if you uh, roster Darius Slayton, you just got to be really crying because he, he wasn't even involved yesterday, which was kind of disappointing. And now it's really hard to imagine with Colt McCoy. And yep. and I almost played him yesterday. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I was this close. I was this close to sliding him into one of my lineups. Uh, on Cincinnati's side, Bernard just six points. Boyd, four, and T. Higgins, 15. Maybe we were wrong on who they were going to go to, thinking that Brandon Allen was going to go get uh, Boyd all involved. I feel like T. Higgins is, is I mean, it's probably well, too early to, wonder, to say this, but quarterback Boyd, Boyd might have gotten Bradbury, too, which is the Giants' one. He did, yeah. Good corner. So, I mean, it could have been matchups. I have to be honest. I am still fading the, the Bengals all the way down. The Giants, not the t- world's toughest matchup. All those things that we saw Joe Burrow be able to do despite having no line yeah. are not what you're going to see from Brandon Allen. 
yeah, I, I'm still fade. I think I'm probably fading Bernard now. Uh, this is now the third mm-hmm. game in a row he hasn't really done much. I think I still might play Higgins, man. I, I just again, well, you know, I know the Giants' defense metrically comes in as one of the better pass defenses. Like they're not an overall great defense, but they still, especially with Bradbury, who I'm, I'm sure was on Boyd more often than not because he is their de facto one, but. Higgins just keeps producing. I think I might just I, I might continue to roll with Higgins. I don't know, but we'll see what happens. I don't even know who they play next week, but if they even play on Sunday, it may get moved to Tuesday, Friday, Wednesday. Who knows at this point? All of them are happy days. Well, you know, we are getting closer. I think to having a professional football game every day of the week. Uh, you know, you know I more, wouldn't hate that as much as it's, it's, it's you know, frustrating as that will be My for wife. fantasy. Well, so yeah, the, that's true. I don't have to worry here, about that. My wife's not here, so I can watch here, football. Here's all day the long. Uh, Bengals' upcoming schedule. They're at the Dolphins, which I don't think is great uh, yeah. for passing because they're passing defense. Home for the Cowboys. That could be good. That's an okay um, matchup. Their defense has been a little bit better as of late. Then home for the Steelers. So yeah, I'm not playing against. The uh, you know, maybe maybe in week 14, you're you're more optimistic for either Higgins or Boyd. I don't think with the way they're set up, they're going to be able to support more than one guy having a decent yeah. day, because really, and that might be in total. You know, so if they if let's say the touchdown yesterday had gone to Bernard, Higgins is a nine point play. Boyd's a four point. Yeah, play. I mean, not so bad. One of those three is probably getting a touchdown and going to be good. Yeah. What kind of lottery do you want to play? The only reason I lean Higgins is because of the size and, and the size yeah. where I think he, you can just throw it up. Well, I mean, Boyd's I mean, he has been good. Yeah. So, but I'm with, yeah, that's one of those things where that's why I said I'm fading mm-hmm. Bernard for sure. That it just comes down to, it's, do you want to play Boyd or Higgins? And then it's hoping the time like you said, that you, that you put in T Higgins because you're feeling it again, that AJ Green and Auden Tate catch touchdowns, oh, and you just want to go light All Brown Stadium on fire. Yeah. All right. Um, huge matchup in this one. Titans came out big time here 45 to 26 over the Colts. Tannehill, 19 points. Derrick Henry, 38. AJ Brown, 25. John New Smith. Uh, you know, I've been mentioning it for the past couple of weeks. Got you that big fat goose egg, which was wonderful in a bunch of my lineups. Um, I've said it before. Uh, I do think that he's extremely touchdown dependent. What are your thoughts on Smith? Yeah, I think he's a touchdown dependent tight end too. You know, he should yeah. probably not be in the top 12. You're, I would, I, you know, he's probably in that like Logan Thomas, Jimmy Graham, might even be, I might even like him less than a couple yeah. of those. Uh, just where where it's tracking, you know, he he has all the he has a lot of talent. But I think we were fooled a little bit earlier in the season because he was getting some of those rushing touchdowns, and that's really not sustainable yeah. in terms of pass catching. You know, Corey Davis is a better play than him right now. So I think that is all kind of coming home to roost here for John. You know, I've mentioned it the past couple of weeks that the injury to their offensive line has had him blocking more. You see it. He's in there blocking more often than he is running out on routes. They actually have Ferks are out there running more routes and leaving John into block. So, uh, so I'm with you. And I mentioned it on Friday. 
if he doesn't get you that touchdown, you're probably only to get two or three points from him. And today, he this week, he got you zero because he didn't even get targeted. He literally didn't get targeted. I think some of that also comes to what you just mentioned in the, the resurgence of Corey Davis as well. In the past couple of years, you haven't seen Corey Davis playing the way that he has, which is why John, who got a little bit more involved last year. And even though Corey Davis was having a better year earlier this year, they were throwing the ball more because their offensive line was in such good shape. So I'm with you. I, I would have him as a low end two, and he's only – only coming through for you if he scores a touchdown at this point because they're just they're not using him really for anything outside of blocking we saw multiple times uh i had that game on one of my tvs the other day multiple times when you see him getting into that shift in the rushing touchdown thing that you mentioned earlier they had him moving and then it was just right into block for henry right there with the offensive line they really didn't use him for anything else which sucks because I, I think he's a phenomenal young tight end but i just for whatever reason with the way the offense is rolling right now behind derrick henry they're not going to use him that way and i don't blame them they're winning they want to make the playoffs so on Indy's side here, Rivers 17 points, Hines 17, Hilton 18, Michael freaking Pittman 4 points, and Trey Burton 13 points as well. Uh, are the Colts serious playoff contenders? Earlier in the season, uh, none of us picked them to uh, – oh, I got you. I see that. He gives me the sads too, Dennis. I had him as my breakout tight end, and it looked great so, for a long time. Which, Not so much which, anymore. Which tight end makes you want to drink more? Johnny Smith, Ian Thomas, or Chris Herndon, because those are three guys the preseason we were we were pumped like this is their year they get to step forward there's no one in their way. Turns out there's a lot of things in their way. You know, Ian at least Johnny Smith has sometimes given you points, but Chris Herndon still- I forgot he was in the NFL. Remember the That's funniest thing in the world was our listener redraft yeah. league when they had Chris Herndon doubled and two of you drafted him and one of you were sad that you didn't get to keep him. You should both be sad that you ever had him. For me, it's Jonu Smith. And Dennis says for him is Ian Thomas. And he's been on Ian Thomas for a long yeah, time. I Ian Thomas might just be the saddest because I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. So that's why he makes me the saddest because he looks so good early on. Like he looks so good and you could count on him. And now he's just completely disappeared. Like he was carrying my teams where I had George Kittle. He was my backup and I've been fine with that. I've been like, great. John Smith is helping me out now. I, I don't even know what to do. I'm going to rely on Harrison Bryant who catches the ball and then fumbles it every time. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. It's out and it's ridiculous. Um, anyways, the Colts. So Colts. I think that they have a really good shot and will probably be in the playoffs. I don't think they're a serious contender because they don't have a bad team. They have a decent defense. Uh, At times they've had decent offensive production, but who can you count on? We're now getting to that kind of clutch part of the part of the season. Who do you feel like is going to take over and dominate a game consistently for Indianapolis at some point in time? You can't just rely on, you know, look at the AFC. Pittsburgh has an incredible offense. Titans have a pretty explosive offense. Freaking Chiefs. Oh, my God. You know, what we saw yesterday. I don't think you can make it through the AFC if you don't have the horses to compete. And I just don't feel like they have the horses to compete. And they're tracking to be completely on the road in the playoffs. And I know with people in the stands, home field hasn't meant as much as it has in years past, but it still means something. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll be interested to see. I, mean, I do think Pittman could be that guy. I mean, he was targeted 11 times yesterday. He just couldn't get the ball. I mean, there was a lot of bad throws by Rivers yesterday. Uh, it was a bad game for him. He was a guy I was very high on coming in. I think I had him at 12 coming in this week. I, I thought he was going to continue his his run here. 
that did not work out. T.Y. Hilton came through for you. For me, I, I don't want to say they can't be serious playoff contenders because I feel like once you get in, anything can happen. You see that one weird game where maybe the ball just bounces your way. So do I think they're Super Bowl contenders? I do not. But I could see them possibly going in there and winning a game. I think, what are they? They're uh-huh. the eighth seed right now because I know the Browns have the tiebreaker over them. So I think they would have dropped to the eighth, if I'm remembering no, correctly. No, because they're still seven and four. They're above the Raiders. They're probably above the Dolphins. They're probably the sixth seed right now. Six, well, how many is there? Seven, right? Is there seven this yeah, year? Seven, I keep thinking seven, seven. So, playoffs. so I think they would be the seven then. I'm, I'm almost positive where the sixth seed was is ahead of them. Maybe I'm wrong. Who's the other one that I'm thinking of? Miami. Well, Cle- but Miami won- That's right? why I thought they were over Miami. Uh, but either way, they Miami. and Miami are seven and four, so they're holding on to the last two spots. Yeah, the Raiders so they would- did themselves dirty going six and five. If Baltimore wins, they still wouldn't go over them because Indianapolis, nope. I think, beat Baltimore. No, they haven't played yet, I don't think. They play in a couple weeks. No, so- they played. Indianapolis, Indianapolis and, Baltimore and Baltimore, I'm pretty sure it was last week when they dealt them. The home loss to go to. Oh, maybe they did. I don't remember. I was trying to think of. Well, I guess I could just pull up the. Oh, yeah. uh, they probably don't have what's it called on here. Uh, mm-hmm. the playoff standings. Yeah, they. Uh, let's see. Uh, here. I guess we could just look at the playoff standings. They played earlier in the year. Baltimore won back in okay. week three. No. So then, if Baltimore they played four weeks ago, but Baltimore off. did beat them. If Baltimore manages to pull off that win, currently you're right. The Colts are in seven with the okay. Dolphins in six. Win uh, wins tie break over Indianapolis based on best win percentage in conference games. So it's uh, it's the Dolphins are four and three in the AFC. The Colts are three and four in the AFC. So gotcha. that, that's the difference. I think Baltimore, if they were to win that, they would have a tiebreaker in conference wins and yeah. probably the head to head. So, so you're right. Them. Indianapolis. I mean, I, they've been good enough to be hanging around. I still think they probably will get into the playoffs. Cause I think Baltimore's schedule puts them at a disadvantage that they're probably mm-hmm. going to be the one that has trouble coming back. I don't know about the Raiders now either though. Uh, you yeah. Know, well, they're out. That's of it gonna now. Be, it's going to be hard to get back in. Well, they still have, they still have some tiebreakers, but, yeah, I mean, it, this last six weeks, I mean, there's still six weeks left. Yeah. So you really, or I guess there's only, oh, you know what? Maybe Will Fuller is host. There's only five games left. Is 13, there? 14, oh, 15, yeah, 15, you're 15 right. 17. Yeah. Will Fuller so he will does, be will suspended game, into next year. Next year. That sucks even more. Yeah, I just did the math. <laughs> so, so yeah, five, the last five weeks then are going to be a real kind of – well, see, that's, you, yeah. you have all that cluster of teams really fighting for those last three slots. Well, so that's why I was, that's why I think Oakland is kind of, not Oakland, uh, Las Vegas hurt themselves with that loss this week. Yeah. And I think that that's oh, yeah. why they're, they're trending out because again, that's why I was making it such a big deal about Cleveland needing to win the game this week because you need to beat these so, teams because you have but, harder games on the schedule. Here's here's what's going to be kind of make or break. The Raiders are at the Jets this week. If they lose that game, I'm not even taking them seriously anymore. <laughs> but then they're home for the Colts. So that week, uh, that's 14, a big one right there. That's a big one for both teams. Then home yeah. for the Chargers, home for the Dolphins. That's another big one. So if week 14, 16, then they close at Denver. 
Um, you know, division games can can sometimes go in funny ways, but they have they kind of could control their own destiny if yeah they have to win those two games. Play, and I mean yeah, that's the thing, have. like the Chargers, that's a division game is too. Like, you can't tell me the Chargers and Broncos won't be fired up to play spoiler right yeah. there and try and get those wins. So, so they're not going to be easy wins. I mean, the Chargers the, have been in every game so far this year, and Denver really hasn't been blown out in any games. I mean, the Ravens all, actually. I take it back. I think the Ravens. So they're at the Steelers this week, which is tough. Yeah. But then home for the Cowboys at the Browns, See, but that's which the thing. is tough. But then home yeah. for the Jaguars, home for the Giants, for the, at the Bengals. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's what I talked about a couple weeks ago. That's why I said the, the Ravens schedule outside of that first part. Because I, I won't say that the Cowboys are a easy win right now. They, no. they gave it to Pittsburgh. They've been playing a little bit better. Dalton back there. I mean, we'll see what happens with Baltimore. That's obviously going to be the next Monday night football game. Lamar likely is back, but there still might be missing a lot of starters. That's going to be huge. So I don't know if Baltimore has an easy – that's why I think Oakland – I keep saying Oakland. Las Vegas and Indy, in my opinion, losing these games this weekend, which they should have won, is – or I guess Indy probably shouldn't have won. This was a good game, a tough game for them to win. But that Titans uh, – Las Vegas losing this game is huge because they, they needed that win. I have Ebron and Miles Sanders in my lineup currently. My score is 131. Opponent has just the Eagles defense with a score of 134. It's PPR options available. Tight end are Disley, Hollis, or Rogers. Must win for the playoffs. Stay with what you've got. Yeah. I can't. I, I mean, Sanders over the Eagles D should be enough to give you yeah. the three points. I mean, I mean I'm pretty I sure. I know you're a probably a Philly fan there, but uh, I don't think the Eagles D is going to hold the Seahawks down. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. I'm pretty, I, I would feel pretty safe in saying, I think that you might end up winning just because he's playing the Eagles defense and they're going to get like negative three points tonight and end up at least tying the score. So as long as Sanders does something, you'll be all right. But I know a lot of people have been asking about the, the Steelers stuff. The Steelers will play Wednesday. I, I do not think that they will postpone the game any more than they already have. And so. hopefully you're in a league where they allowed you to designate a a backup. Uh, you know. I know a lot of leagues that didn't, but yeah, I'm with you. I, yeah. I did all mine because I just felt like it's the most fair thing to do. Yeah. All right, next up, the Vikings beat the Panthers on a last-second touchdown, I believe, correct? I didn't see that. I saw the Damn you, Kirk Cousins. I know. I picked them, too, after I think everybody else went Panthers, too, in that. Uh, Vikings, 28 Panthers. And I felt good about that until, like, the last second of the game. I did. I was like, son of a I was really freaking out. And then they came back and won, and I was like, there goes my pick, baby. All right, so... Teddy Bridgewater was back, 13 points. Mike Davis, 10. Robbie Anderson, 19. Curtis Samuel, 12. And DJ Moore, 10. Uh, Obviously, for those of you who missed it, Teddy Bridgewater threw a ball high at the end of the game that would have given them a touchdown lead if DJ Moore was able to come down with it. Gets hurt on the play. Some people were saying hamstring. Some were saying Achilles. Others were saying ankle. It seems like the reports I read earlier was that it's leaning toward an ankle injury and that he should be able to come back in week 14 after their bye. Regardless, are you worried about him? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's something to worry about. With that loss, they pretty well knocked themselves out of any kind of playoff uh, discussion because now you're four and eight and going into your bye week. Um, you know, I think it's – we've seen 
already teams that, you know, I think that's why we saw Eckler out a little bit longer than maybe you needed to because the Chargers are not going anywhere. They like Eckler for the future. Carolina's not going anywhere this season. They like DJ more for the future. If his ankle's still a little bit gimpy, I wouldn't be surprised to see him hold him out. I don't really think it makes a huge difference to their long-term prospects to rush him back. Yeah, I would. I'd be with you. I guess it'll depend. I haven't seen anything about how serious of an ankle uh-huh. injury it was. Obviously, that's better than the Achilles. There was a lot of speculation uh-huh. yesterday that it was an Achilles well, injury. That could be a two season. That could be yeah. a goodbye twenty twenty one. Exactly. So it's good to hear that it's just an ankle injury. And I'm with you. Depending on how serious it is, I would wonder if they even roll him back out there at this point. So you might. Well, you I mean, might unfortunately you've seen be how they slow played McCaffrey. You know, yeah. because when he first hurt that shoulder after he came back, they were like, well, he has a chance to play Sunday. And now it's been three weeks yeah. of, no, no, you're not going to see him. No. On uh, Minnesota's side here, Kirk Cousins, 26 points. Dalvin Cook, who got banged up a little bit in this one as well, 10 points. Justin Jefferson, 26. Kyle Rudolph, 13. Can Minnesota climb back into the playoff race? They are currently a game back of the Arizona Cardinals now. Yeah, and I think they've jumped Chicago in terms of being that uh, you know that eighth team. Um, they're back into into that spot where you're talking about if we get some more weird COVID shenanigans and they shut it down, they would be kind of that team eight, uh, I believe, right now for the NFC. It would be the most captain clutch thing in the world to have started the way they did to come back yeah. and to take Kyler Murray's playoff spot. I'd love it. No, I love me some Captain Kurt, Kurt, uh, Captain you Clutch, be, Kirk Cousins. I would actually you be would devastated because if the Cardinals, I had, didn't yeah, I had the Cardinals making it in earlier, so I would hate to see that. I honestly don't think that loss was on them. I'm well, blaming the refs on that one, but we'll get to the that. The Rams game. also haven't looked good since they lost Whitworth. I think that did yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of damage. And let's be honest, Tampa Bay hasn't looked incredible either. Well, you know, Minnesota, I, Minnesota I, I think a big step this week will be if Minnesota can get back to, to six and six. We've seen weird things happen. I mean, look at the Eagles last year. We're in like a four and six or five and six position and ended up going on a run, winning out. Now they just had to make it through the NFC East. But I mean, you yeah. could see, I think, in the NFC, nine and seven or eight and eight be good enough to get into the wild card at this point. Yeah, it's it's been it's they're a little bit down this year as we talked about last week uh, than they have been the past couple of years. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how the rest of this conference plays out because a lot of these teams are not helping themselves right now with losing in games they should not lose again. I still uh, I'll just say right now that Cardinals game complete BS. They should not have they I, well I can't say they shouldn't have lost that game, but that that call on Cam Newton was in my opinion complete crap. All right, Dolphins beat the Jets here, 22-3. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 19 points. Washington, 8. Parker, 19. And Gesicki, 11. Is this offense better with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback? I think no doubt they're better with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. So, to me, it's going to be a little bit of a question of how seriously do the Dolphins want to push for the playoffs. Because if they are more interested in seeing what Tua can be, then I think you you go back to him and you go through the growing pains. But all rookie quarterbacks have growing pains yeah. and stuff. They're going to have some pretty crucial games. The other thing that I thought was funny is uh, we went through all the lists of options of who's going to run the ball for uh, Miami, forgetting that they traded for DeAndre Washington. When yep. I saw his name, I was like, 
oh yeah that dude yep yeah i was suck because i actually played matt i think in one spot i ended up having to play matt breeding because i just didn't have anybody else after all of my injuries and covid strikes this week and uh yeah then i was sitting there i was like all right cool wait 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 why washington why what i he's still on the roster so yeah that was that was a little bit frustrating <sighs> i mean i guess we have to technically talk about this team but sam darnold for frank gore 11 rashad perriman 11 and denzel mims 10 so you still have at least two decent weapons on the outside but uh i mean are we just in a countdown mode to adam gase gets fired trying to figure out why he hasn't been fired yet and we saw patricia finally get fired like i mean the only reason he hasn't been fired has got to be that they're really committed to trying to go pinless and get the number one pick which has led to some outstanding memes uh about trevor trevor lawrence trying to avoid the jets you know and I, i probably would too Gase looks burned out. He looks like he doesn't know why he's still there when he does press conferences. Like yesterday, kind of got into a a bickering match about whether he's calling plays. And he's like, no, we're doing the same thing we've been doing the last few weeks. Well, we're on defense. I walk over and we talk about it. And he gives me three plays he wants me to run. And then I go call them. That does not mean that dude's calling the plays. That might be what you've been doing. But now I have other questions. And then somebody pointed out, well, it looked like for a while there, the guy you said's calling the plays is over there talking to one of the other coaches, not even looking at the field. Oh, that was probably when we were in two-minute drill, and I just do all that stuff. Well, then that guy's not calling the plays. So I the Jets are an enigma. I don't organizationally, I, I don't know what they're trying to achieve. They've basically cleaned out all their high-end talent. I don't know if they they saw what Miami did last year because Miami appeared to be trading like its best players, but they really found something with the young players and really were building a culture and, and building with people that wanted to be there. And then they went and made splashes in free agency. I, I don't know if New York's trying to emulate that. They've been just a curious team to watch. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I haven't watched like a second of them. If I don't have to, I I don't want anything to do with the Jets right now. I'll be interested to see what happens. It's gonna be a lot of big changes coming for that team. Obviously, I would imagine they're gonna keep. Um, I always want to call him McDonald, but I'm pretty sure it's not McDonald. Mick, uh, it's Mick something. I know that. I can't even remember for, what their GM, their ge- oh, general McDougal. manager, Joe McDougal. There we go. Be interested to see if they keep him. What happens with the coaching staff? I I would be floored if Gase is back, but I guess you can't rule it out because their owner thinks he's an offensive genius, so you never know. Next up, the Cleveland Browns squeak by the Jaguars, 27-25. Baker with the big day here, 18 points. Chubb, 26. Landry, 28. Austin Hoopa, 9. Big day passing for Baker and Landry. For you, is that an encouraging sign for the offense? I think so. It's nice to know that they can. Uh... Douglas. Oh, it's right. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. I don't know why you wanted to call him. McDonald. I don't know. I, every time I'm like, yeah, McDonald. That, that dude. We, we've we've changed it. It's Joe McDouglas. I mean, does it uh, really matter? Let them know. He, he's, he's, he's about as good as a McDonald. I'll put it that way. It does not. Uh, I thought it was encouraging to see them be able to make some big plays passing. Uh, of course, it comes at the point in time where we had finally given up on Jarvis Landry. I know I had finally yep. sent him to the bench because I couldn't yep. take getting 1.7 points a week in my wide receiver slot. 
Oh, McDougal's gonna got the Adams trade. Oh, there well, you go. That guy, that's what I'm thinking. Then about. Let's free that guy because he's probably he sad. He went from Seattle to New York Jets. Yeah. And wasn't he friends with Le'Veon Bell? And then uh, uh, he Bell got set free. I thought that was the the story Dennis told us. Yes, yes. he was. Yes, I yeah, think. yeah. So, uh, but I, I thought it was encouraging. They they got the passing game going. It's nice to know that if they need it, they can they can come back to it. You would hope you didn't need it in Jacksonville, but well, that game was just frustrating. Uh, I mean, Baker missed a Rashard Higgins wide open. I don't know if you saw that play. I mean, literally wide open. Joe no, I was Schober mentally was preparing be, for a game with no quarterback. I understand. Yeah, that I I, I understand that. Yeah, they, it was a literally Kareem Hunt was about five yards in front of Baker with a defend the closest defender about ten yards away, standing right on the goal line. Shard Higgins was in the end zone wide open, and Baker threw it about five feet over his head with no pressure either on Baker. It was a bad throw. Um, oh, but no, yeah, there's it was, always pressure on Baker. There might not be defensive pressure. Tr- oh, trust me. I've been arguing with people on Twitter all day, yesterday and today, about old Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great day for Baker. It was nice to see the offense get um, a little bit more pass happy there. I do think that's going to have to happen for a couple of the games you have coming up here. I don't think they're going to be able to – I mean, they're averaging over 200 yards on the ground. I don't know if that continues against teams like Baltimore or Pittsburgh, so you're going to have to rely on Baker and this offense. Um, again, I will say that I don't think – the final score is not indicative of how the game was controlled by the Browns, in my opinion. The Browns did not punt once in this game, but a couple bad referee decisions, in my opinion. I hate blaming the refs for things, but Kareem Hunt easily gets a first down in this one. They say he doesn't turn the, turn the ball over. There was a – what was the other thing? They got a huge sack on Mike Glennon where Mike Glennon lowered his head into Olivier Vernon and Olivier Vernon got called for hitting the quarterback in the head, gave him a first down that got them a touchdown. So all in all, I think it was a overall actually good game here for the Browns. It was nice to see Baker and Landry getting together uh, like that. Hopefully that continues. It was not all on um, What's it like big plays either? It seemed like very good schemed plays to Jarvis Landry. So, again, I do think they'll need that moving forward against teams like t- Tennessee this week, Baltimore, and obviously Pittsburgh later in the year. On Jacksonville's side, Glennon 18 points, Robinson 26, and uh, Colin Johnson 19. Uh, this game was closer than many expected. Does Glennon stay the guy here? You know, they don't seem wedded to. Uh... Gardner Minshew. Um, I I don't know. It was weird yesterday. So they obviously they fired their GM, but then they they said they're keeping Marone for at least the rest of the season. I don't know if that was a vote of confidence or just a shoulder shrug to the rest. Glennon, I mean, he looked decent, but Luton looked decent his first game. Minshew looked decent his first game. I guess we'd have to see. I don't know what the thought process was. It, it made sense to see what you had in Jake Luton. Yeah. And I guess they kind of know what they have in Gardner Minshew, although I would be curious to know if some of his slump off was really because he, he broke a thumb. Um, I would think so. I don't know if it matters for the Jaguars. I don't think they're trying to win. So, yeah. 
Well, I disagree. Doug Marone is trying to win with some of they were going for it on fourth down multiple times in that game yesterday. It was like a fourth and four they were going okay. for it. Fourth I'll put two. it another way. Marone we should not be trying to win. To win. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I Maybe the GM firing makes a little bit of sense to me. Maybe Shad Khan is just trying to get a start on finding a new GM for the team. We all kind of figured that this was going to be the last year for him and, and Doug Marone anyways. I think maybe you keep Marone on because you don't have anybody you really want to put in as head coach the rest of the season. I mean, it doesn't look like Jacksonville has quit on him kind of like they did last year. It did look like Jacksonville kind of quit on Marone at the end of last year. Haven't seen that this year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you've got, um, golly, what's his name? Gruden, Jay Gruden there, but I don't know if you want to throw him back in as head coach for the rest of the year. So you keep it. I, I will say Glennon, I wouldn't get your hopes up. I mean, he was going up against a Cleveland pass defense. That I think last I looked was rated 18th, and they were missing their best corner. Their best safety got hurt on the first play of the game. No yeah, Miles Garrett. I know, but he's, he's he was missing his – best receiver too i mean and yeah. Chenault was banged up so you have colin johnson who hadn't seen doing much I well mean, but colin like johnson did a, colin johnson did almost all of his on one play though it was a it was a long touchdown pass so he he kind of caught it when i think 50 or 60 yards down the sideline for it like it wasn't a a bunch of plays to colin johnson it was I, I get what you're saying, but I think a lot of it was mostly going to Robinson. Robinson got a lot rushing, but he also got a lot receiving in this game. There wasn't a lot of passing. I mean, uh, was it Tyler Eifert? One yeah, of their Eifert tight ends. Yeah, got it open, which, hey, I called that. And I actually started him in two places for a tight end, and so that was nice. And, uh, he's um, been I, surprisingly look, healthy this year. I, I could be wrong here. I'll pull up their schedule here, but I, I, I'm just as big a Browns fan as I am. That defense – Passing-wise, at least, has been almost like a get-right defense for you. Uh, they've got – well, fuck. They've got the Vikings next week, so you might be good to fire up Glenn and them. But then they get the Titans, and I would not feel great about that matchup. I just – the I don't know. defense hasn't been in, insurmountable. My, my thing with them is just the Browns' defense, just so many injuries. No Miles Garrett, no Denzel Ward, no – like I said, Ronnie yeah. Harrison got injured on the first play. They were starting their fourth-string safety out there. I, I I would pump the brakes just a tad on Mike Glennon. I, I I personally didn't see enough out of it yesterday. I could be wrong, and you're right. Vikings and Titans not that scary, but then you get Baltimore, Chicago, Indy. So I'm not thrilled about any of those matchups right there. Is as bad as Chicago looked last night against Green Bay. Their defense overall is still pretty good. Uh, 49ers pull off the surprising win against the Rams here, 23-20. Nick Mullins, 8 points. Raheem Mostert, 10. And Debo Samuel returns with a bang, 24 points. 49ers are not technically out of it. Do you think that they can rally and make the playoffs this year? I mean, I would almost bet everything I have that says no. But <laughs> yesterday's outcome was a little bit surprising uh, for me. But I still think they just have too far to come back. They have so many injuries, and now they they don't even they don't even get to play at their home. You know yeah. they're going to be displaced to Arizona. Their the rest of their schedule. I was trying to look. They actually swept the Rams. Yep. This year, which Rams have to feel bad. But here's their remaining schedule. Their home against the Bills in Arizona, then home against Washington, which actually will be fascinating. 
at the Cowboys, at the Cardinals, home against the Seahawks, which could be in Arizona again. They'd have to – I mean, they'd pretty much have to win out, I think. Yeah. Well, and they're five and six. So, yeah, I think you can lose one game in there, which I do think is possibly – look, I like the Bills. Bills do not look the way that they did earlier in the year. Bills yeah. look like a beatable team. I mean, Washington and Washington and Dallas, those next two, those are winnable games. I mean, I like no, what Washington's been doing, but those are winnable. So it's going to come down to those last healthy. two. They're getting healthier. They should get Ayuk back off of COVID. Tevin Coleman might be close. They, I, an underrated. They not only got Moser, but they got Jeff Wilson back, which of yeah. course means R.I.P. Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, it was nice while it lasts. So they're they still have Jordan Reed. They're getting some of their defensive players back. The real question is Mullins, and actually the way the quarterback position has shaken out now, he's probably. Right in the 20 to 22 range is not yeah. the worst option. Well, and that's the thing. We saw it last year with Jimmy G, right? Like, I'm not trying to say Nick Mullins is better than or less than Jimmy G, but the way that the 49ers run their offense, you don't need to have that great of a quarterback. As, as Kyle Shanahan said it, you just need to execute the plays on there. And I, I think Nick Mullins can do it. Uh, I mean, I, I really do think it's going to come down to those last two against the 49ers and Seahawks. And I mean, at this point, the Cardinals are only one game up on them at six and five. Yeah. So it's not like it's a huge disparity between that. So it's big having the the double up there on the Rams as well. Rams lose a couple of games. They're right back in it. So I do think the 49ers could, could make their way back into the division. They don't have the hardest schedule moving forward either. I was trying to. Well, it might be, uh, it might be kind of, you know, you, you were on the train where you thought that all four of them could end up 500 or better. Yeah. If the 49ers keep hanging around, that definitely could be could be true. They're, it's kind of a little bit uh, – Jeez. It's going to be the enigmatic group of Tampa Bay, Los Angeles Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, and Vikings. And I, I just don't know – I don't know who I feel good betting on. You know, we're probably going to have to see the the Tampa Bay gets to play one less game, you know, so we know they're kind of seven and five. Um, you know, they could easily come back uh, to actually playing in week 14 as, as the, the seventh seed. If the Vikings and the 49ers were able to get wins and move to six and six, you're talking about a pretty tight back, packed group. Uh, you know, you know, on the Cardinals, no lock to win. You know, if they if they win, they're seven and five. If they lose, they'd be in that six and six group, too. It it could actually be a lot closer than than what we were thinking a while ago. Yeah. Um, by the way, the game uh, for Wednesday just got posted three forty Eastern time, which is just a very random uh, random time there on Wednesday. Three forty p.m. 3.40 p.m. Eastern time for the Steelers-Ravens game on Wednesday. Do they – I mean, people have to work. I know. What the actual – and NBC went from having a primetime game on Thursday night to broadcasting the at 12, 12.30 in California on yep. December 2nd. Yeah. 
Awesome, right? I mean, hey, I'm okay with it because I'll be home right around that time. So I'll be cool to sit there and watch uh, watch the game. All right, so on the Rams side here, Goff, three points, Akers, 14, Woods, 15, and Cup, six. The Rams haven't been the same since their O-line, as you just mentioned earlier, with the injuries. Uh, is this a concern for you going forward? Yeah, I mean, they've struggled. You know, it looked like they got a little bit of kind of running going with Akers. Yeah. Um, it seems like he might be the guy, and maybe he's been best able to overcome it. But Goff hasn't looked the same the last couple of weeks. I think that's that's got to be something of a concern, too. Yeah, golf is actually the bigger concern for me. I'm I'm adding him. I know he got the, the contract a couple of years ago here, but uh, – I'm wondering if I'm start. I might start adding him to the list of like Wentz and unfortunately Baker and guys that might get replaced here sooner rather than later. He has just not been good in this offense. Now, I will say the one thing with with Goff and really the entire Rams thing that kind of got overlooked is the last two days of the week last week they did get shut down because of COVID tests. They had had a couple positive rates, so they didn't get to practice Thursday and Friday. They went to all virtual. That might have hurt them more than maybe we're giving them credit for. We don't know. There's no way for us to know. We're not in the building. We're not there practicing with them. Uh, but, you know, we see the Ravens making a big deal about that right now with with everything going on with Pittsburgh. So maybe that hurt them a little bit more than, than we know because they also got the short rest because they played, uh, was it Monday night, right, against Tampa Bay? Yeah, they did. So, they I mean, they got a, so they got an even shorter week of preparation. So maybe that was an issue because they did not look. I got. I watched a lot of that game. They did not look right to me, in my opinion. Um, but what about you for the backfield? You just mentioned Acres got going there. Is he the guy for you now in the backfield? I think so. You know, that game against Tampa Bay, nobody looked great running, but he seemed to be in in some kind of critical series uh, and seemed to look – uh, a lot better and got the passing touchdown yesterday. He was the yeah. one that, that looked a lot better. He, they, I saw a stat, he and Henderson uh, since week eight have had the same number of carries, but his success rate has been a lot higher. And I think you're starting to see that. It seems like he's the more explosive weapon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel, like I said, I felt coming out of that bye week that they might start using him more and more. And it seems like they're leaning that way. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I still think Darrell Henderson is, is talented, but I, I think it's moved more toward an acres Henderson backfield and kind of faded out Malcolm Brown. All right. To your favorite game of the day here. Unfortunately, the saints beat the Broncos 31 to three Taysom Hill, 17 points, Alvin Kamara, six, Latavius Murray, 25, and Michael Thomas, 9. Are we worried about Kamara if Hill remains the quarterback? I am very worried. Um, it just doesn't look like he's getting the, you know, he's not getting the crucial touches. We saw yesterday, the last two weeks, they're giving a lot more carries to Latavius Murray, which uh, has got to be somewhat concerning if you're uh, – you know, if you're a Kamara owner, he's not getting any passing work. And I have to tell you, that game set back the concept of passing in general. I think yeah. after the first quarter, the teams combined had three passing yards. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot of passing to be had, but if there if Kamara's not a part of the passing game, that diminishes his upside greatly. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we, we talked about it on Friday. He's not a volume runner. He's just not. He gets a lot of his work from the passing game, and if he's not going to get it, he's a he's a middle-tier RB2, unfortunately, without that receiving work. I'm not trying to say he's 
talent wise, he's a, he's a running back one, but if he's not getting that receiving work, that is such a big part of his game. It's one of the reasons why I've always advocated for me. He's not a top five running back in, in fantasy because if breeze ever goes down, we've seen that he does not seem to keep his same workload when breeze is not in there. Even last year when they had Teddy Bridgewater in there, he struggled. They started using Latavius Murray a lot more, which we again saw yesterday. It always worries me. What happens with Breeze not there? Does Kamara continue to get that work? Uh, are you worried at all that we it might we might not see Breeze return before say our fantasy playoffs may be done and over with? Yeah, I mean, if I broke eleven ribs, I'd probably take uh, probably more than three weeks off. I might I might think about my situation a little bit uh, and try to figure it out. Um, so he's guaranteed to at least miss. Week 13, the first week he'd be eligible to come back is 14. We haven't really gotten any sense of how he's doing or how he's feeling with that. I Week 14 would be the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Week 15, you know, might be a better bet. Does Spree's not come back till week 16? And if he didn't come back till week 16, are you throwing him, you know, right in there in what would necessarily be a championship week? He wasn't an incredibly high-end performer before he went out. Yeah. Um, you know, I was encouraged by what I saw Taysom Hill with Michael Thomas in week 11. Yesterday, Michael Thomas is the one he looks for the most, but that still didn't amount Not to a, a ton of points. The announcers seem to think Sean Payton decided to just almost entirely run the ball too, because that's all Denver could do as maybe a solidarity. But I you know, I don't know if that's true. I doubt they're going to pull him because they've been winning. They've won two games. You, yeah. you can't start a guy and have him win 24 to 9, 31 to 3, and then say, hey, you weren't very good. I'm going to take you out. But we have to see some more passing growth. And I, I think the real concern is Kamara, and that's devastating going to the playoffs. You know, how much I liked him. He'd also been one of the few first round picks that had completely delivered on yeah. value. And the last two weeks have been a real moment of pause. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know Sean Payton personally, but just <laughs> gathering him from press conferences and the way he handles himself, he's a very arrogant individual. I do. I'm with you. I don't see him pulling Taysom Hill. He loves Taysom Hill. He's openly talks about how much he likes Taysom Hill. I think he's enjoying winning the games he is with Taysom Hill. I don't think he's going to pull him at all. And I'm with you. You know, we talked about this earlier in the year. I've mentioned many times. I think Breeze is done after this year, regardless of how the year ended. I don't think Breeze is going to force himself back until they get to the playoffs. Why? You're now the number one seed in the NFC, I believe. Maybe not with the Packers winning last night. Are they still? No, the they one? are. Yeah, so you're the number one seed nine right now. and two. Everybody else is potentially eight and three behind them. Let's see here. Let me pull up who they have on their schedule because they've already doubled up Tampa Bay, so they don't have to worry about that. You got so the biggest ones coming down is going to be in three Chiefs. weeks, the Chiefs game. I mean, and outside I could, of that, I could see. So that's week fifteen, right? I could yes, see yes. if Breeze thinks he's healthy, trying to come back because you want to match up against somebody who you might see in the Super Bowl, and you want to see where you're at. Yeah. All right, Denver side, Royce Freeman, five points, no fan too. That's that's about all. Um, what are your thoughts on being a Broncos fan and the fact that the NFL made the Broncos play this game? 
So I don't, if you see, Tony and I kind of had a, a Twitter exchange. I get what he was saying that the NFL laid out guidelines. Their application of those guidelines and their treatment of teams has been wildly different. Uh, the 49ers we saw get kind of have it stuck to them earlier in the season when they had pretty much no wide receiver. They literally had no receivers. They had to pull up like Kevin White, who I didn't know was still in the NFL, to play a Thursday night game against Green Bay, kind of like saying, hey, we know you're going to get crushed. It doesn't matter. You have this problem. And we've seen other teams, they seem to be going out of their way. You know, they made a case that the Baltimore movement was because they kept having positive tests. Um, Okay. But this latest movement now just basically seems to be because players – thought it was unfair well denver thought it was unfair too and asked to have their game moved to monday we were victims of it being moved for something that happened that the patriots did earlier in the season you know we've seen pittsburgh get their schedule jerked around multiple times um it's just why even play that game you know uh, props to Kendall Hinton for yeah having zero practice reps with uh with this offense in the position that they asked him to play having not played that position for three years and going and facing not the easiest defense in the Saints but it was not a good game I you have to wonder did Philip Lindsay partially injure a knee because he had to be he was literally their starting quarterback the first three plays of the game he was taking the wildcat snaps it it was I thought it was a fraud and you can't even say it doesn't impact you know well Denver may not be chasing the playoffs the Saints certainly are and that was kind of an interesting I mean you're talking about the team that's the one seed in the NFC right now basically got a pass yeah. Yes, uh, it was a great win, Cameron. We we talked about it earlier. It was a little bit tighter than I liked it to be, but overall, great win, and it was a huge win. We we talked about it last week. I know you were you were on here. I think Monday or Tuesday last or Tuesdays. We didn't do a pod Monday, and I mentioned I thought that might be a little bit of a trap game, and it came close. But it's great to get that win. We we've got. Eight and three, I feel like we're we're sitting fairly pretty to hopefully make the playoffs. I still don't want to. I don't want to say it's going to happen yet. We've got a couple of tough games ahead of us, but it's it was nice to see. I don't watch. Um, I assume that's one of the FS1 shows. I know Nick Wright does something. I think on on Fox Sports. So I, I don't know what show exactly you're talking about with the Brandon Marshall uh, hate for the Browns. But a lot of people are hating on the Browns. It is what it is, man. Twelve years of losing seasons finally has come to an end. A lot of people are going to hate on the Browns, uh, but I'm with you on on the Broncos thing. You know, I was mentioning it earlier with the Ravens. I think it, it's it's honestly a bunch of crap. I get what Tony was saying, uh, and that's kind of my argument on why the Ravens should have had to play tomorrow. Is because I agree they've made it very very poignant about the fact that if it's not due to health standards with a ton of positives and it was something that you caused by not following your health and safety protocols that you have to play the game, which is why they forced the Broncos to do it. I mean, you saw Drew Lock and them came out and admitted it yesterday. They were in there. They said it was only for a couple minutes, but they said they were all in the quarterback room with their masks off. The Broncos submitted that video to the NFL, which is why the NFL said you have to play that game. You know, whether they really all got COVID because they took their masks off for a couple of minutes, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But according to the NFL, that broke the safety protocol, so that's why they were forced to play the game. You saw the same thing happen with San Francisco, as you mentioned, with the with the wide receiver stuff. And in my opinion, that's exactly what's going on in Baltimore. You have an openly admitted 
a staffer that came into the facility, as we already mentioned, without a mask on, showing symptoms, going into multiple position group rooms and, and getting a bunch of people sick. To me, that is exactly why they should have been forced. to. I get pushing the game a day or two because of how many tests they test results they've had come positive. They should have had to play the game Tuesday. I don't care. I don't care that their players wanted to practice. A lot of the – Kendall Milton got what? A half Kendall, a day of practice? No, he got zero reps. Zero practice. Zero reps. So zero reps. why is it fair for to throw him out there? Why is it fair to call up Kevin White and all these wide receivers for the San Francisco game, which was a Thursday night game, if I'm remembering correctly? You're calling all Thursday those night. games up, all those guys up a day before the game, no practice, and they're forced to go out there and play. But, oh, Baltimore, no, 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 no. We'll take it easy on you guys because, no, it's bullshit. So I agree with you on that part. They – they, I would say 95% of everything that's happened this year, the NFL has handled very well. Uh, wow, even better. Great, even better news for, for the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, if they test negative today and tomorrow, will be available for the game Wednesday. Go figure. So I mean, that's the thing that no, upsets that's me. The, is that, they pushed long enough to get their players Exactly. Back. Like That's what's frustrating is you see teams like – Maybe it's you look at it, and again, this is not fair, but maybe they're looking at it. Well, so Denver had asked to have the game moved to Monday night, and their quarterbacks have consistently tested negative, aside from Jeff Driscoll, who tested positive on Thursday. If it would have been tonight, one of those three or all of those three would have been available. Yeah. Well, again, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it's complete bullshit. Like, it. You can't do this for teams that uh, – the only thing I can think of, again, it's not fair to say this, but maybe they're looking at it as, well, Denver and San Francisco really haven't played well this year. They're really not doing much, so whatever. We'll just make them go out there and play. But, hey. But that's Baltimore's what I'm talking about. That's race. not that's, the same oh, application I, no, yeah. rules. That's, I agree with you. I think that is 100% what's going on. And, honestly, yeah. even if you're going to move it to Wednesday, I think you should freeze it and make them play with the injury list designation as it would have been on the day they were supposed to play. You can't, you've you pushed it now a week. It's not surprising that they could yeah. get some guys eligible. But how is that fair to either team? It's not. And, that, and, and even more so, and again, I hate sticking up for the Steelers, but hey, you're screwing over the Steelers multiple times now this year as well. So I, I'm with you. I did not think it was fair. I honestly thought when all that went down, they should have moved it to Monday night, not knowing anything else outside of the, obviously the rest of the stuff that came out later. But they just they seem to be handling this differently for different teams, and it's not fair. I'll let you answer this one uh, because you being the Broncos fan, he's asking I think what he's direction just, do the Broncos I think go? he's just asking me. Yeah, he said at QB afterwards. Yeah, I think it's just based on the COVID. But Drew Locke, um, Rippon, and Bortles are all available. If the game was today, they would have been available to play. They're not going to have this problem for week 13. They had one asymptomatic positive in Jeff Driscoll. The other ones have consistently tested negative, including today, which I thought it was very important that Adam Schefter tweeted that out to make us all feel better about that shit show we watched yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs 27 over the Buccaneers 24. Mahomes 31 points. Tyree kill 57 and Travis Kelsey, which by the way, I have a friend in my home dynasty league who has Derek Henry and Tyree kill. Uh, he decimated everybody this week. He, he went from being like fifth in points up to second. He just uh, jumped me. I was second in points. Uh, he just jumped me after that week. Just yeah. ridiculous. Uh, I mean, we talked about it last week. Uh, I think we, I think we agreed on this. I'm pretty sure Dennis was with us as well. But are Chiefs the best team in the NFL right now? 
Yes. And in uh, my work league, in a game that I really need to win, you know, I was excited because I had played Gibson on Thursday night and I had pretty good days. You know, I had AJ Brown. I I built myself a pretty good lead. Watching uh, the horror in Denver decided, hey, I have some time. I'll check my scores. Girl, I'm playing. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Did that dude just score 58 points on me? Yep. I mean, I was, I'm not going to lie. After he caught like the first two, and I think it was like over 200 yards already, I was hoping he broke the record for, uh, I think, Flip or something. I don't know. It's 336 yeah. yards, I think, is what it is in the game. I was hoping he broke well, it. He did, obviously. But, they, oh, they yeah, took, they could have easily. I think they took their foot off the gas a little bit, yeah. which actually made that game closer than it deserved to be. All right, let's see here. On Tampa Bay side, Brady 21, Ronald Jones 17, Chris Godwin 17, Mike Evans 20, and Gronk 16. By the way, that run by Ronald Jones. Did you see that on the sideline? We're, oh, so, so, so beautiful. Buccaneers are now 7-5 and five heading into their bye. Are they serious contenders in the NFC for you? I think that they have a lot of problems. You know, they've, they've been swept by the Saints. They've lost now a lot of big – primetime matchups that's all the playoffs is is big high pressure games i you know it's nice that you've you really have to kind of look back to like even that chargers game they were getting clocked and they came back uh from behind you know that's not that's not really what's going to happen to you in the playoffs when they've had their big tests they've failed them and i i think it's got to be concerning i saw they said brady now has thrown nine interceptions at home this season we just don't see that a lot from him um the mistakes the bad plays um and their defense now is starting to show some cracks in the early part of the season i thought their defense was very impressive but the last few weeks uh, you know they got clocked in that second game against new Orleans, even after kind of crushing drew Brees, and they got caught, you know, they weren't able to hold the Rams down, even though the Rams were struggling to run the ball and they really weren't able to do anything against the chiefs passing defense. Their passing defense has just been really rough. Yeah. Um, so why I would say they're playoff contenders is because of their schedule, Vikings, Falcons, Lions, Falcons, I don't well, I think they'll be in the playoffs. I just don't yeah. think they're serious. Oh, Super no, no, Bowl yeah. Contenders. I agree with you. No, they're not Super Bowl yeah. contenders. I'm just saying, like, I think they're playoff contenders because of their schedule. Like, they I would, even as much as I did not think they were going to be that good just because they got Tom Brady this year, I've, I've been very much on the train. I did not think that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers were going to be that good this year. With that schedule, I would find it hard for them to lose. And I think you have to lose three or four of those next ones. I don't see that happening. Um, how good is the Browns defense? Because this Sunday it looked like no one showed up. I, I still think that they're good. I mean, I mentioned it earlier when we talked about the Browns. Their defense is ranked uh, against the run right now. Last I looked, it was nine, and it was 18th against the pass. Like, yeah, it could be better against the pass. They were also missing three of their best players, and Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, and Ronnie Harrison. So Ronnie Harrison got knocked out in the first play, obviously. I, I imagine you watched it being a Browns fan. And obviously not having Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett is huge. I mean, Miles Garrett – if the league wasn't so quarterback driven, you could argue is an MVP candidate with how good he's been on the Browns defense. So he's definitely, in my opinion, the defensive player of the year. It's not even a question. So I think that not having him and then Denzel Ward is huge for that defense. It'll be 
obviously a big test this weekend. I'll, I'll be interested to see how they handle uh, Tennessee, especially after the ass kicking they took by Tennessee last year. Uh, Patriots beat the Cardinals here 20-17. to 17. Murray, 7 points. Drake, 24. Hopkins, 10. And Arizona, Kirk, 4. Uh, are you starting to worry about Arizona? Yes. And, you know, we let their schedule the rest of the way. They got Rams, then at the Giants, home for the Eagles, home for the 49ers, at the Rams. 49ers look like they're hanging tough. Not going to be an easy out. The Rams, obviously... Not an easy out. The Eagles and the Giants still have stuff to play for in their own division. The Cardinals are not winning games that they should win. Uh, they look like, and that we see that happen to young teams. I think they've had a remarkable season. I'm still impressed with what Cliff Kingsbury has done turning this franchise around. I still like Kyler Murray. I like their core of players. They might be a year away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not as worried. I'm starting to get worried, if I'm being honest. Again, I, I mentioned earlier in the uh, in, in the podcast, and I accidentally kind of skipped over this from earlier. But uh, the I don't think you can't say that they wouldn't have lost this game. But the Patriots got into field goal range, in my opinion, on a bad call. I don't know if you saw the hit on Cam Newton. Yeah. By Isaiah Simmons, he was in bounds. I understand he was going out of bounds, but he was still in bounds. And we've seen in the past, sometimes when quarterbacks are running down the line like that, you see a defender pull up, they keep going for a couple extra yards. So Isaiah Simmons made sure he wasn't going up anymore. If Cam Newton was out of bounds, I would have agreed with that call, but he had both feet still in bounds. I did not think it was a bad – I thought it was a bad call by the referees, putting them in field goal range. Now, again, can't say that Arizona would have ended up winning that game. We don't know. Uh, but I do think that's part of the reason why they lost it. I am with you, though. They should have won this game. Uh, some of that, I think, goes to Bill Belichick, though. He just seems to have these running quarterbacks numbers for some reason. We've seen him lock up Lamar uh, for the most part. You know, Again, now with Kyler, I wonder if it's just one of those things where going up against Bill, he, he seems to just – he's still one of the best coaches around – um, next week's going to be huge. And as you mentioned, that double up against the, uh, the Rams. I mean, that's going to be huge moving forward. It almost seems like they, Seattle's got They have to at least so. split those games, in yeah. my opinion, if they want to make the playoffs. If they get swept by the Rams, I think they're putting themselves in a tough position. Yeah. Oh, if they get know. swept, I don't see them making it because that's two losses right there. That drops you to seven losses. I, I don't – I mean, maybe I guess nine and seven in, in the NFC does it for you, but with so many other teams that are at nine and seven – I think yeah. you know that that's going to be rough. So yeah, I'm with you. You've got to split one. There's no way I think you can make it getting a uh, two losses on New England side. Cam Newton just three points in this one. Damian Harris four, James White fourteen, and Jacoby Myers ten. Uh, what do you think of the Patriots long term? Is Harris you think a good bet at running back? Are you trusting any of these receivers? Seems like Harris has displaced Sony Michelle because yeah. Michelle's been back, but hasn't really been a factor. Um, they always seem like they're going to want that kind of passing down back. Yeah. Um, it was Burkhead earlier in the season since he went out went back to White. Well, White had been that for a long time. I like Harris. Um, I am on the fence about Cam Newton. I don't think it's been super successful, Yeah, but it hasn't been an outright flop. They're, so they're 10th right now in the AFC because of how – prodigious some of those AFC teams have been. I think it's way too much of a long shot for them to come back. They already have six losses. Their best yeah. hope is to get to 10 and six if they run the table, which doesn't feel incredibly likely. So, you know, 
I don't know that the Cam Newton signing has panned out. I don't know how he feels about being there. I think it's fair to wonder, too, how much longer Belichick wants to go. Are they going to try to keep Josh McDaniels? Their offensive identity has been a real question mark. Um, I don't think their passing game looked great with Edelman, but he's still probably their best receiver. I think we can all agree Nikhil Harry has not panned out. Um, at times, Myers and Bird have looked better. They don't really have a tight end. You know, there there's a lot of questions I have there, and I think that impacts uh, Harris. Harris might still be a good buy low, though. Yeah. So Patriots remaining schedule, I do not see them winning out, if I'm being honest. Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Uh, I would see it hard for them to win that. Win out mm-hmm. that. I Probably just, I seven and nine seems more realistic. You yeah, get which I think is what I had them at. You get the Chargers, uh, possibly. I mean, that Chargers yeah. game's no, no, no lock. Not the Chargers either, can put yeah. up points and. Well, I think that's what had um, what's it called? I don't think I had the I think I had the Dolphins just missing Tuesday when we did our playoff. Do you remember? Did I? I think I did. Yeah. But I, that was one of the ones I had them losing. The Patriots was that I think I had them at seven and nine, and the Dolphins were either eight and eight or seven and nine too. I think I had them losing a couple of games down the stretch, but. Yeah, I'm with you. I still think I, I like Harris. Obviously, I, I talked about the trade I made for him earlier in the year. I, I'm with you. I think he's their their main running back. The issue with that is they do use so many other running backs in the receiving game. It kind of hurts his value moving forward because they don't. He's not a Nick Chubb. I think that can get you that value and still be a top running back just by running the ball and not getting a lot of receiving work. Uh, Myers, I think you know this is the second year in a row he's been pretty good. So I would be surprised if, if he doesn't stay on there. Cam, that'll be the interesting one. I the only reason I would think Bill Belichick would be back next year is I don't see him wanting to go out on a season like this, if that makes sense. And and I don't think he yeah. goes to another team. So I think he'd be back. I mean, he even talked about it earlier in the year. He said, you know, pa- fans have got to be patient because they went all in for the Super Bowls that they got, and that's going to hurt them for the near future. And so I think he's kind of explaining to you, hey, like we went all in with Tom Brady and all this other stuff to get us all those Super Bowls. We're going to might not be that good for a couple of years. Again, seven and nine, it's not bad for a rebuilding team. We talked about it Tuesday, and we mentioned where Matt Stafford might go. Coming in and next year, the Patriots were, I think they were top five in cap room, maybe even top three. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know they were up there. So they could possibly sign some free agents. They always do a pretty good job of drafting players in the middle rounds that end up turning out to be good. So Cam will be interesting to me. He'll be one of the quarterbacks. There's a lot of guys that could be on the move this offseason. So that'll be definitely something to watch for. The last game of uh, Sunday, Packers beat the Bears 41-25. Aaron Rodgers, 25 points. Aaron Jones, 10. Jamal Williams, 13. Devontae Adams, 18. And Alan Lazar, 12. Packers get back on track here. Do they have a clear path to the NFC North crown? They are up three on the Vikings and Bears. Yeah, I think the Vikings' best hope is probably to get a wild card. I know they they split with they split with Green Bay, but Green Bay with a three game lead now in their division. I think their sights have to be firmly set on can they get to the one seed. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't see them. I had them winning the NFC North in the beginning of the year. I don't see that changing. They, they 
Aaron Rodgers looks like a man on a mission this year. He looks a lot different. So does this offense. Maybe it's just the second year in this Matt LaFleur offense, but but everybody looks to be a whole lot better. Defense is a little bit worrisome here, as we're about to talk about with David Montgomery. Uh, their rushing defense is not good, uh, but their pass defense is still pretty good, even with the game Allen Robinson had. I'm still, I still like their pass defense. So a little bit worried about that defense, but this offense I think is, is much different than the team we saw last year. Now, on Chicago's side, Trubisky, 18 points, David Montgomery, 25, Allen Robinson, 27, Jimmy Graham, 6. Uh, was it encouraging for you to see the kind of day Montgomery had, or do you think it's just a fluke? I hope it's encouraging. You know, I hope they can keep it up. They still didn't really commit to running the ball. He only, he got 103 rushing yards. He only got 11 carries. Yeah, That's a pretty spectacular clip. I know he had a... 57 yard run that that skews that some but five passes for 40 yards that i also thought was encouraging seems like they've kind of given up on the quarter patterson uh experiment um which is ironic because i know the first week that david montgomery was out with injury there was some talk about well patterson looks like he might be better and might get the permanent now uh montgomery looked really sharp and God love Mitch. He may not be an incredible quarterback, but he gets that ball to Allen Robinson. And that, for fantasy purposes, is all we care about. Yeah, I want to be honest. I tweeted that out yesterday. I'm like, look, I get Mitch Trubisky was not playing great last night, but my God, does he target the hell out of Allen Robinson. And I love it because, look, Nick Foles was targeting him as well. But you know what? Mitch, for whatever reason, makes those balls more catchable because Allen Robinson was coming down with pretty much all of them. And Nick Foles, he was not getting the balls. So, I hope they fire up Mitchell Trubisky the rest of the year because I have Allen Robinson rostered in a lot of places, and I'd love to continue my playoff run with this Allen Robinson making all these points. And again, God, I hope they draft a good quarterback this year because Allen Robinson needs a quarterback. Just It's, my God, that poor guy. Do you think that they change coaches? I don't know. I, I would... I would think maybe not, depending on – because I don't know if they get rid of Pace or not. Because Nagy was not there when they drafted Trubisky, right? Nagy came in after. Or yeah, did they come in, in the same year? He came out after. So I yeah, wonder this if this is maybe, year four for Mitch yeah, and three so for Nagy. I wonder if maybe this is something where they're like, hey, like we'll let you stay on for a year, maybe two. You, you and Pace work together to pick your quarterback of the future and see if they can make it work because – you know, we were. I was talking about this with some of the guys on the Debbie debate. Like, I think Mac Jones would be a great fit for there. We were talking about him and Kyle Trask. I think are the two that will fall to- out of the top five. And I know the Bears are sitting at fourteen or fifteen right now, but I don't think. I think you'll see three or four quarterbacks go in the top ten. I would be surprised if some of them drop. And we saw Watson, Mahomes drop in that one draft. Like, if the Bears get one of those guys, Nagy is a good enough coach. I think that he could make one of them relevant. They have pieces around that offense. They'd improve the offensive line a little bit, but I think that defense is really good. They just need a better quarterback. And I think this team could be really good. So that'll be the interesting thing to see though. I mean, we talk about it every year when you get to black Monday, right? Where there's coaches that you don't expect to get fired, get fired. I would put him on the list of coaches. I would not be surprised if he gets fired, but I I would almost think maybe they continue to give him a chance because they're still, technically in the playoff race even though they've yeah. been riddled injuries well, quarterback changes every couple weeks it seems like so they'll probably be around 500 it's yeah it's amazing though they were five and one at one point and look like one of the surprises of the nfc and they have just 
completely faded off the off the map. And you know, obviously Foles was not the answer. Trubisky doesn't look like he's really the answer either. So I I think the biggest knock against Nagy though, I get the quarterback argument. His play calling has been curious at best. And and you see if you could you don't draft a running back like David Montgomery and give him seven carries spread throughout four quarters and wonder why he didn't get you a hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been complaining about that since last year that I thought his play calling was, was pretty crappy. I mean, literally he would tell the, the press in the, in the games, uh, in the post, 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 my goodness, post, post game. There we press go. Conference. I kept wanting to say post conference, post game press conference that, uh, he would keep saying, yes, I know we need to run the ball more. I'm going to work on running the ball more. And then you go out there the next week and David Montgomery gets five carries again. You're like, I thought you yeah. said you were going to run the ball more. So, well, and as a team, they got 122 rushing yards. They still only had 16 yeah. carries. Three of those are quarterback carries. So you only called 13 running plays. Yep. Yeah, so I, and again, maybe that I mean he does come from that Andy Reid tree, but difference is Andy Reid has a uh, Patrick Mahomes and you don't. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe adjust to your offense a little but bit there, Matt Nagy. It, I did. I the only thing I will say that was encouraging for Montgomery, and would kind of speak to that is Andy didn't always hand the ball off a lot. Yeah, but sometimes those short screens and West Coast passing. Yeah. is your equivalent to the running game. We hadn't seen a ton of that either. Even with that was one of the reasons I thought well maybe Tariq Cohen would be better, but he yeah. hadn't been great last year or this year before he got hurt either cuz they weren't peppering him with targets. Seeing six targets and catching five for 40 in a touchdown for Montgomery, I thought it was pretty good. He looked like a beast when he went in on the touchdown too. He shook some guys and it was like I'm not going to be stopped. Yeah. All right, so that will do it for us today. Um, if you've got anybody going today, hopefully they uh, help you out, get you a crucial – whoa, 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 wait a minute. Hang on. Hang super, on, hang on. Super flex miracle start for uh, Jalen Hurts. I swear to God, I can't stand the NFL. Um, hopefully they get you um, – there's another game that's been moved. Uh, hopefully they will get you uh, the points that you guys need in a huge win. We go into the last week of the regular season next week. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with probably some waiver wire stuff. I imagine there's not much left on your waiver wires. Uh, We'll recap the Eagles and the Seahawks. And I would say, I guess we will technically in a way talk any more about Pittsburgh, Baltimore, if we have to, because we won't have a Wednesday pod. My goal is that we preview that game every show until it happens because I think that's the NFL's happen. goal too. We've previewed it three times now. So if you guys have not seen the latest news now, the Cowboys-Ravens game that was supposed to be going on this Thursday has now been moved to next Tuesday. It will not be on Monday now. No, so, so they, they don't want to do a triple Another header. extra day of rest. So yeah, it's so just Lamar Jackson is going to be back. Yeah, he'll be back for sure. Well, I think he would have been able to be back by that Monday game anyways, but now he for sure will be back, which again, you know, hey, let's just continue to help out Baltimore because why not? Um, Just ridiculous. All right. Anyways, we will be back tomorrow. Everybody have a good night and enjoy what looks to be at least a very good game tonight. We will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football.